Hello and welcome to EIP Talks, a podcast usually focusing on patent news, trends and insights. Today, however, we are diverting from our usual topics for this International Women's Day special. The theme for International Women's Day this year is Break the Bias, and we'll be discussing this topic that affects us all, not just women, in our everyday working life. I'm Monica Rai. My day job involves obtaining, challenging and advising on patents for clients in the pharmaceutical and biotech sectors. My areas of practice and my perspective as a South Asian immigrant woman practicing in the London legal sector make me particularly interested in exploring the biases that impact participation of women in various industries, science and law in particular, and how women who have found success are breaking those biases or working around them. Joining me in that exploration today are two very special women. I'm joined by Kathleen Fox-Murphy. Kathleen is a partner here at EIP, a solicitor and a highly experienced patent litigator. Welcome, Kathleen. Would you like to introduce yourself in a bit more detail and perhaps provide some introductory thoughts on today's topic? Thanks very much for the introduction, Monica. Um, Yes, I've worked as a patent litigation lawyer in London for the past 20-something years, working with telecoms and pharmaceutical clients um, mostly in a couple of large law firms and now at EIP and For those that don't know, we're a specialist patent practice. Um, I suppose I'm a quietly spoken woman with an undergrad degree in maths and physics, and I like ballet and clothes and shoes. Um, And um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very interested in in today's topic. Um, I suppose a couple of the questions that, that enter my mind on on the topic just as a, an introduction is well what does a scientist look like um, and how does a leader behave mm, thanks Kathleen it, I look forward to delving into some of those issues in a bit more detail and you've already touched upon how some of your interests probably don't fall into the stereotypes people expect of women or of scientists. So um, I'm sure we'll delve into that in a bit more detail as the conversation progresses. I'm thrilled to also be joined by our special guest, Aarti Shah. Aarti is an actress and motivational speaker, among other things, and has worked on the recent Star Wars trilogy, Guardians of the Galaxy and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows films. Aarti is a British Asian woman um, and She's an actor, but perhaps she doesn't quite meet the stereotypes of what would people would expect an actor to be. And Arthi, really interested in hearing a bit about your story. So I, I started off um, in the corporate world. Um, I graduated in business studies and um, moved to London and worked in advertising whilst I was looking to work in the film industry. And um, not only am I female, I'm Asian. I have a condition called pseudochondroplasia. So that's three obstacles which I have to overcome, not only um, whilst looking for a job, but day-to-day life. And, you know, this was around 2000, 2001. And 
how would a recruiter sell me in, you know? And I wouldn't put on paper. I don't think anybody would put on paper back then that you're a female or you're Asian or you have a condition because, you know, how, how else are you going to get interviews? Um, and it wasn't until I started applying to organizations directly that I managed to um, get interviews and do well. And um, people saw me for who I was and the ability to do the job. And I did find that Back then, I did lack a little bit of confidence where I wouldn't say what I would need um, in order to make the office environment easy for me. For example, um, in the kitchen using a stool. So I went without. Uh, but now I would speak up and I would say, look, you know, this is how you can help me um, in order to do my job better. And then I started um, to send my CV out for jobs within the media TV film industry and obviously I didn't have experience I studied a course in method acting and I did find that I was up against a lot of men but the roles I was being put forward for at that time were to play maybe an elf um, or very very height specific and I realized, you know, this is not why I want to work in the film industry. I want to try and change perceptions and open up barriers. And media is such a huge platform where, for example, children, um, you know, they watch TV, but having somebody who um, is a little bit different, they become the, I, I don't like to use the word normal because there isn't normal. They become the norm in society, which also, makes me question what is normal there isn't normal um and then um around 2009 I landed my first film role um Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows and we were filming a goblin scene so there were lots of um men um, the goblins are all men and um there were five of us that were women but you couldn't tell because um, the, the, the team who designed the costumes and the prosthetics, they did such a fantastic job. And the crew back then, that, that involves directors, first ADs, um, camera operators, um, you know, the crew is huge. But back then it was very male dominant. And I was working on a project last year and I noticed how diverse it had become not only women, but um, different ethnicities, um, embracing and nurturing talent um, all over the world, literally. And I am noticing that it, it may have taken about 10 years, but there is a change coming. And I, I, another thing that I'm noticing is roles are also changing where when I first started out um, as I mentioned I would be you know put forward for roles to play an elf or something like that and a few years ago um, my agent gave me a script and it was a Christmas episode and it was an elf again and I raised my concerns and I said I don't want to audition for this why can't I audition to play a doctor why does it have to be an elf doing a Christmas episode? So I declined the audition. I've declined lots of auditions. And 
I would say since the past two years, I don't know whether it's the pandemic, which has caused a lot of change, but more and more roles are coming along where it's not because you look a certain type. They're trying, uh, media and the TV industry, the film industry are trying to embrace um, a broader um, talent network. That, that That's how I would put it, um, rather than putting, categorizing people and putting them into boxes, because there is no such thing. We don't all belong in a box. We are all so different. I found it very interesting that you wouldn't say, you know, that you were a woman or that you were a South Asian woman or that you had a particular condition on your CV. Um, but perhaps when you ended up in a room and people got to know you, those things stopped mattering. But to get you into the, those rooms, and if you had volunteered that information before you had gotten into that room, maybe it would have stopped you getting into that room. And I think there's some parallels we can draw in the legal sector. Kathleen, your thoughts on that and the premise of today's topic? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, the, the, the question is, you know, are, are, are women facing specific biases in, in, in the workplace? And, and I suppose I sort of picked up on, on something that, that, um, that uh, you know, that Artie said about, um, you know, how things are change, uh, changed and that, that historically um, um, workplaces um, were more difficult, more biased. And I suppose I, you know, I come from the, a background of having been working in large law firms for 25 years and, 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 and the, 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 historically the job of a, 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 a patent partner um, or a patent litigator or a partner in a law firm generally um, was done by, that job was just done by a certain kind of guy, right? And mostly men. And so there was quite a, I think just quite a, a narrow set of character traits and attributes um, that were kind of associated with that role. And, um, and so it's, you know, it, it sort of, manifests itself then in if, if if you don't you know you don't conform to that particular idea have those traits or look a certain way whatever that perhaps you aren't listened to or you're not considered what was always a, a, a phrase partnership material um and um i think um it's 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 that people um you know ex expect a certain kind of person um and um if, if 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 you don't behave a certain way or look a certain way that that and, and they don't know you i think picking up something that Archie was saying that 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 that, that then those um those assumptions and, and, and stereotypes and biases are there. Um, but when you then fill the gap by providing information about yourself, about who you are, what you're about, what you, you know, what you think, 
um, um, you you can you, those biases to some extent dissipate. That 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 you know it's it, it's it's a reaction to not knowing who you are, what you're about. Um, but when you fill the gap and provide the narrative, those biases go by the wayside um, to an extent. And not always, but there are some instances I'm sure we'll talk about where it doesn't matter what you do in those sorts of circumstances, you just your losses and go somewhere else and do something else. It's interesting. So the yeah. theme coming through is, you know, usually people say familiarity breeds contempt. But when it comes to breaking biases, yeah. maybe familiarity helps because once you get to know people, you sort of look beyond the obvious traits and most people are reasonable enough to actually, once they become familiar with somebody, stop judging them on the very superficial and look beyond. And it's so it seems like the strategy is getting into the door somehow, getting to know people, and perhaps that, that tackles some of those challenges, biases. Yeah, and I think also being aware of, of what biases people have of you when I was more more junior, I would know if I was going to a, a meeting, I would get to know that this person thinks I'm younger than I am, I have less experience than I actually have, and I um, will often think I, you know, I, I don't really understand or would be, don't know anything about science or maths or whatever, that I, I, you know, I, that's, not, that's not part of my makeup, that I have an interest or understanding there. So simply, you know, you know, quite brazenly get get those sorts of things into the conversation quite early on if you're going to meet a new client or contact or whatever. Yeah, I've been doing this for 15 years and you know, when I was at university I did maths and physics. And and so you you give the information so you don't, you know, you're breaking down the barrier by just, you know, um you know, getting over any any negative assumptions that people might have just by how you look. Um, for a start. So advocate for yourself, challenge mm. the biases, don't just take the roles you've been offered. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and take it from a, a, a sort of, and also, a, you know, that the, when people don't know you and they don't know, you know, they're trying to fill in a gap or, and, you know, we all have assumptions and biases to some extent. Um, what matters that we're, we're willing to, to put them aside when, you know, when we have something else to fill that gap. When talking about progress, I mean, in both sectors, a lot of progress has been made, and I think there's no denying that. In terms of more opportunities being given to a more diverse set of candidates in your sector, um, what, do you think, what do you think the reasons are? And I know you said it might be pandemic-related, but do you think it's, it's the move from the real to the digital world, in a, in, which means... Like, opportunities have expanded or what do you think the reasons are? Definitely opportunities have expanded. There are a lot more platforms, channels, streaming channels um, and a lot of organisations, large organisations are embracing the policy of diversity and inclusion and with that in mind they are on purpose um, making more roles, more making roles more open, more accessible. Uh, parts are being written for uh, a varied society to be involved in such 
programs, in the making of them, in the way stories are told. Um, for example, a large media organization with a big um, streaming channel as well. Um, a lot of the shows that they're showing have females as lead characters. Another uh, streaming channel where I've had auditions for, you know, it's to have played a scientist. Um, it's not It's not been because oh, we are looking for somebody who is four foot tall. We are looking for a female. And the female may have a non-ethnic name, like my name is Artie. The female might be called Diana and I can still audition for her. So things are definitely going in the right direction. And I think we've had to have a lot of knockbacks, a lot of conversations, a lot of um, awareness to be made in order for this change to happen. Otherwise, I think everything would have been so complacent and we would have just been carried on, um, carrying on on a very steady pace and, you know, nothing happening, no changes happening. But, you know, some things have had to happen and people have been speaking, people have been using their voice and they've been making things aware. And I think social media is a huge um, part of this where people talk openly about um, things that they've had to deal with because maybe of their ethnicity, of their gender, of their disability. Um, and it's making organisations aware, okay, you know, we need to do something about this as well. So um, that things are definitely changing in the right direction. That's good to hear. So I think getting your foot in the door, perhaps widening of opportunity we are seeing more of that so let's let's talk a little bit about progression and when women reach a certain age or a certain stage in their career or a certain stage in their lives so um the team here did a bit of number crunching so apparently a 2020 report found that 47.8 percent of lead actors in films that year were female um, in the legal sector, at the entry level, women make up about 64% of solicitors at the newly qualified level. So the numbers there, at least in terms of participation of women, seem quite good. Obviously, there are gaps in the figures. For example, if you look at women who have physics or mathematics backgrounds, uh, getting into the legal or the patent sector, uh, the numbers are much smaller. And I'm sure within acting, probably women behind in more management positions, um, the numbers aren't quite as good as they could be, but they're moving in the right direction. But as talking about progression, the Washington Post reported that when a female actor reaches 40, she loses access to about three quarters of the leading film roles for women. In terms of the legal sector, only about 33% of partners at law firms are women, and that figure drops to about 25% when you talk about equity partners. So there seems to be an issue with attrition and progression rates of women in both sectors. Do you think bias has any role to play 
uh, in that. And do you have a, any thoughts on how one can, you know, sort of stop women falling off the career ladders? Women are very good at adapting. So, okay, but when you reach a certain age, you whether things are changing now, uh, but in the past, you know, women say they they had a family so straight away um your chances of progression are cut down completely but but now um i'm I'm talking about the corporate environment right now um but now there is more flexible working um uh, hybrid working is a new term which gives women the opportunity to work from home as well as managing their careers they can manage their family so society is adapting organizations are adapting as well um things are not happening you know straight away and overnight and it's going to take a long time to do um but but women themselves i they we generally don't take no for an answer we find ways for example we we would go and maybe do something else then or set up your own practice, set up your own business if you can't move on within the organisation that you're in. Um, and, for example, the film industry, the media industry. Um, yes, I have noticed, you know, when watching films and shows and things, that the number of women in lead roles as they get older does cut down. But then, because women are so good at adapting, they can become producers, directors, writers. They still stay in the industry, but they're just moving on and doing other things in the industry. So we are very resilient and adaptable, which is absolutely fantastic. And that's an attribute that um, works in our favor. Interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think, Marty makes a really good point about resilience and, you know, just finding a way through and finding a way to, you know, to, to progress and, uh, you know, as, as you wish. And those, you know, I, uh, I talked a bit before about there being the biases, certainly in, in respect of, of women leaders in, in law firms and the, the attributes of a, of, 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 of a leader and, mm. um, that uh, you know historically that 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 skill set was 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 pretty narrow and the sort of sort of softer skills that many women have were not really recognised as being uh, skill sets of leaders or the 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 the, the management skills that um, uh, you know uh, a lot of women have I, mean, I see a lot with with in the sort of um, cohort of, of senior associates in, in in law firms about how much of management of cases and what have you actually. You know, gets done by 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 women. You know, who who just take it on and get it done and keep things moving and all of that. That sort of those sorts of skills that are kind of a, have been quite underrated. Um, I think you know, I I I do think now things have have changed a lot in the last ten years or so, um, and uh, the, the 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 wider a uh, wider skill set of 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 leaders and, and partners in law firm is, is very much recognized and the 
the benefits that come from that of having diversity um, of, of skill sets and mindsets and, and outlooks and all the rest of it. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, certainly you see it in, in EIP with, you know, the, the cohort of partners that we have. Um, it's very diverse. Um, and um, yeah, if, you know, I was, I was certainly in a, a large law firm, I, you know, if you, you, you don't get what you want, you're not made of money, you, you move on and you, you go somewhere where someone thinks that that skill set is, is what they want. And, and you know, I, I, you, there's only so much, you know, of, of explaining, uh, you know, how things could be different that, that you can, can do. Um, mm. um, and, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I think, the, 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 you know, I think so sort of our firm has been around sort of 21 years. It's a young firm with, you know, young founders and, and uh, I, I, so if you're able to, to grow a, a, a firm in a modern age organically and not be hamstrung by historically what kind of people you, you want to be running your business. And I think, you know, if you have historically a, a much narrower sort of set of people just simply because that's just you know just how it was many years ago that that's you know, who came through the came, came through universities and law schools into into law firms and became partners it was a much narrower set of people frankly and mm. um you can't necessarily blame people for thinking well they're wanting to grow the cohort of partners that but they look to people who are like themselves, a bit of a mini me syndrome, and so then you 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 then you know, that 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 just continues because you know people look to people who are a bit like themselves and they bring them through the ranks and and on it goes and, and there isn't an impetus to change that um, if it's if you're running a successful business and that's working for you I think in businesses who you know older businesses I think there has been quite a lot of impetus from outside actually from 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 clients um, asking about the diversity within teams in all manners mm. and uh, wanting you know to to ensure that the, that the firms that they instruct are sufficiently diverse and I don't think it's 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 anybody sort of trying to be PC or woke or whatever, they just recognise that that is that is preferable for businesses to have that, that that diversity of thought process and and mindset and you know background. It, it brings something to, to you know to to problem solving if you're a if you're a lawyer to think about things differently and to think you know not be stuck in a particular mindset. And so I don't think it's a you know it's, it's it's trying to do the right thing i think they also recognize the the the, the, the benefits to, to businesses in in that mm. i mean that's one thing i have certainly seen there is there's an internal churn and change and progression but there's also external factors clients asking for more diverse teams and a recognition mm. there's actually people who bring different perspectives whatever that different perspective looks like yeah. um add to better decision making because they challenge yes you know people who think a certain way might think about a problem the same way whereas people who think differently can bring forth other points of view that can lead to a better decision in the end so yeah i'm certainly seeing that and as 
interested, Arthi, in what you were saying about flexible working, hybrid working, and that changing things. I mean, certainly, I have two young children. So in my own life, with my um, second child, my husband and I, we, we used the shared parental leave provision that, that became available to us, which meant that I, I wanted, I was crawling up the walls after the fourth month or whatever. So, which meant I could go back to work and he had the opportunity to enjoy a few months with the baby, whereas that's something that wouldn't have been available. And also I was very lucky talking about allies and how whether you are valued matters and how that helps you progress. I was lucky to have people around me at my workplace who didn't just assume that because I was now a mother, there were certain things I didn't want to do. Or, oh no, she would want the easy way out, which, which somehow they asked me what I wanted to do and gave me the opportunities and then the choice was up to me. So I think flexibility and being valued are really important, which sort of brings me on to my next question. I think there's there's lots of work going on that that sort of shows and it's quite an intuitive thing as well that people who feel a sense of belonging stay longer, work better, are more productive, um, give that extra bit more. So getting a bit personal now, have either of you felt been in a position ever that you felt you didn't really belong? in the place that you were at. And how did that situation change? Did the place change or did you change your situation? Um, Arti, let's start with you on this one. Um, back to the corporate world. Uh, I did a stint in financial recruitment and I absolutely felt like I didn't belong. I didn't fit in. Um, I gave it three months of a very painful, difficult time. And I left the job and just moved on um, because I didn't fit in. And even back then, I didn't feel I could, I could use my voice uh, to make anything better for me. So I took action and I just moved on um, and found somewhere where I did belong and fit in. Um, and since working in the film industry, um, working on certain franchises and working with certain teams and departments and it's more like a family where you are made to belong everybody the, the past number of years working on these projects um there is a huge sense of belonging and appreciation for everybody um so what i'm saying is if you do find yourself somewhere where you feel like you don't belong don't suffer uh do something about it and this goes back to, I think, something else you, you'd mentioned earlier, the lack of confidence when we are at certain stages of our lives and how that confidence maybe comes with age or experience. I've certainly noticed that, that, you know, you, you speak up a bit more. And would you say in that situation, it was a lack of confidence partly as well as the situation you found yourself in, or was it just a situation that you had to leave? It was a combination of the situation. Um, I think I've become so much more confident as I've become older. 
um you 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 become more comfortable with who you are but that only happens with experience and with having a lot of maybe knockbacks or things that you're not happy with and you learn from them and how to deal with them and how to better yourself and handle them so I think it is good to have these knockbacks and these experiences that you don't like at the time but they are good for you to ultimately ultimately make you stronger and to move on and deal with things a lot better so Mm -hmm. if I was in that situation now um, being who I am now and been having been through what I've been through in the past I would definitely speak up and if my voice wasn't going to be heard then I would take action and move on (laughs) yeah I ask that because I mean I have been through situations like that where I was much younger and so desperate to fit in that I was trying to change myself at a very basic level and that just didn't work whereas Perhaps, you know, it's always a combination of factors, but perhaps 10, 15 years down the line, it might have been different. So that that's very interesting to hear. Kathleen? Um, I suppose I, you know, I suppose my perspective is slightly different in that I felt that I've, I've been in places where I haven't felt like I didn't belong. I haven't felt like I needed to be the same as other people that everyone can be different and 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 get along and, and and be in the same place while having you know being diverse and different and I think I, I think I certainly moved on in a sense when I realized that um actually it, the perception was I didn't fit mm-hmm. and which was maybe not something that actually occurred to me that it mattered so much that people didn't have to be the same as other people and and that you know and so I you know I've moved firms I've been in, in three four firms and, and 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 then when you yes when you are somewhere where obviously you do fit a lot better then you think well you know yes I you know that's it's, it's so much more pleasurable to be amongst mm. people who are you know more you know more your tribe and and, and but yeah, I, I, you know, it never really occurred to me that it, it it mattered initially. I thought, well, you know, everyone should just be accepted, and and, and you know, and 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 you didn't have to be a certain way. And then I realised, well, you're not going to be able to progress because other people don't think like that. They're not going to, you know, not going to let you be part of the gang. So yeah. you need to go and find a different gang. <laughs> um, That's you know, yeah. that was, I suppose, a slightly different perspective. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that sort of brings me to, to this this whole, you know, there are biases, let's say, and some of those biases are systemic, they're changing, but maybe not as fast as they should change. The world is still, you know, in terms of gender parity, not a perfect place. And how one tackles that, there's, there's you know, been a lot said about leaning in for women um, and having confidence, as we talked about, and things you can do to change your situation. But there's also quite a compelling argument that this onus for, you know, tackling these biases shouldn't be on women or any underrepresented group because the problem is systemic. And so what we should be focusing on is changing the systemic biases, making it better rather than asking women to fix themselves. Um, 
And I have sympathy with both arguments because sometimes I feel like, yes, one needs to change existing structures, but I also think things won't change tomorrow. So what do I want? What do I do if I want to succeed tomorrow? And in, in my lifetime, rather than making things better for my daughter, where hopefully those systemic biases would be would be much less. So have you have you got to it? this argument against about you know i think there's there's a recent book called the confidence culture about don't blame the women don't ask the women to change let's focus our our efforts in making the system change Arti, start with you there i think talking about talking about things maybe i don't know five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we never talked. There are so many things that we talk about and we deal with them. And right now we're sitting here and we're talking about so many different issues that uh, women are faced with, um, uh, different parts of society are faced with. And I think the more talking that we do, the more believing in ourselves that we do, and the more not taking anything just because we are the way we are, that's going to that's where changes are going to happen um and using platforms such as social media like we're doing a podcast right now so i think using your voice is the most important thing that anybody can do right now and believing in themselves and um doing things that they believe in and following it through i think that's where changes will come mm. kathleen short and long term strategies <laughs> I, I think we've talked yeah, about some already but yeah I think um yeah I think you know systemic change is, is important I don't think it's about you know uh particularly women or any, anyone else sort of changing the way they behave it is a sort of you know understanding that 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 uh, society is more diverse and 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 I think uh, you know, and, and and that will that will change with time. It is changing. It's there's been huge change over the last twenty years, um, just because you know the world's opening up. People have traveled more. People have more diverse experiences, and and you know of 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 you know in terms of the, the people that they meet. But yeah, I think you do. Um, years ago, in scenarios where sort of there would be biases, you just sort of you know not really say anything and just get on with it and and i think now probably my my way of of, of dealing with it is a bit different in that i i will call it out would be too strong but you know to say something but i would try to do that with humor and with you know with you know with positivity and i think you know you know if you if 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 things are generally good in, in your workplace and you're, you know, there are many things that you're positive about and that you're vocal about those things, that when you want to say something that's, you know, that you're not happy about, then, then you know, in that context, that, that's, that's fine. I mean, what you just don't want to be is the sort of person that never says anything positive and then you just, you know, if, if there are these, these issues that aren't so good, that then you're, you're speaking up then and then it becomes a sort of, you know, a more, you know, a, a more negative message. Um, so I think, yeah, humor in, 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 in dealing with people are not perfect. People, you know, people make mistakes, they have their biases, they, it's not always, it's mostly not intentional. Mm. And, you know, uh, you can, you can make your point in a way that's, that's, you know, with, 
good-naturedly and humor with humor and 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 move things forward so that um you know things progress yeah and and, and having that confidence it's not you it's not you, just you that's in that position everybody is in, in some way shape or form um you know uh uh everyone makes assumptions about other people um and uh, we try not to do it but we do and that's i think we're heading towards a positive note to end the session but last i mean a lot of progress has been made in the last decade more um since it is international women's day we are talking about um and marking any any role models any women who inspire you to keep striving that's a good question uh for me um for me to keep striving um is my son to make to make society the world um so, so it's such a cliche but a better place um for his generation to make you know to see lots of changes when he becomes a lot older I think that's what's making me carry on and doing what I'm doing when I look at the legal sector I think I mean these are very these are cliches but people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Lady Hale you know women who stayed authentic and were very much women but reached the highest levels in the legal sector i really inspiring Kathleen any any that you I would have I, I I would have picked those as a top two too. I mean, yeah. I mean, I you know I guess mine's a yeah, more personal one too. In that you know my from my background there were always many women who had you know who you know were well educated and had their own businesses and and you know going back generations, my grandmother, my great grandmother, and and so I that's the background i come from so to me in in in, in wanting to strive and, and 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 succeed and 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 be successful is 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 something i i want to do and i you know i i feel that i i should do and it's something that i don't know it's ingrained in a way and 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 yeah i so that that's kind of you know i suppose my inspiration in a lot of ways of the sort of my own my own forebears um mm. doing that it's wonderful thank you arty and kathleen for this wonderful conversation at the very least we hope international women's day this year provides an opportunity for all of us to examine and break our own as well as systemic biases eip talks will be back with another episode soon to make sure you don't miss an edition you can subscribe to EIP Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or SoundCloud. And for more of our usual patent updates, you can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter by searching EIP. Thank you for listening.